Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something trans woman shares her observations, life stories, and the adventures of her journey through transition and beyond. And now, here she is, your host... Sabrina Miller. Yay! Hello! Hi! Oh, I'm so glad to see you again. It's so nice to have you here. Let's listen to that band. Let's have them warm us up, do some dancing. They get better every week. They get better every week. I love it. That was the psychedelic stylings of trans pantastic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Welcome everybody. Hello. Hello. How are you? Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm just having a great old time. I'm so excited about this episode. Uh, episode 37, Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. I am Sabrina Miller, the hostess with the mostest. Oh. Eh, sorry. Uh, and this is my show. And welcome. Thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, hey, hold on to your hats and glasses. You're in for a wild ride. <laughs> and if you're coming back for more, thanks for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, if you couldn't guess by the band title name and the name of the episode, <laughs> we've got a guest this episode. Uh, but before we go into anything, let's talk a little bit about last week's episode. Last week's episode, uh, Parenting While Transgender, Year One. Um, it was, I, I really didn't know what to share because it's really only so recent. As I said, my kid is young, two and a half. We're really just beginning as parents, so there's not a lot to say. But I'll tell you what I forgot to say was I love being a parent more than I thought I would all my life. Could be because I'm trans now, come out as trans, trans woman, could be that. I'm sure that plays a little bit into it. But I, even, even before I came out, I love being a parent. Love it. Absolutely love it. And if you're a parent, I hope you know that, that feeling I'm talking about. I think you do. I think you do. All right. Last week's episode, along with all past episodes, can be found at Changes in Latitudes Podcast at blogspot.com. We're also over on iTunes and Stitcher. Your pick, your preference. Doesn't bother me. Uh, over at the Blogspot address, there is an Amazon affiliate link. If you would be so kind, the very next time you go shopping on Amazon, swing by my website first. <laughs> Click on the link. It'll open up a new window. Then go shopping as you normally would. That's how we do it around here. Well, <laughs> that's how I hope you do it around here. <laughs> and when you do that, your prices aren't even affected. You don't even know you're doing it. That's the cool thing. Unless you click my page and then you know you're doing it, but <laughs> uh, bookmark it, I should say. And every time you use it, we get a few pennies, literally a few pennies. So unless you, if you're going to do a big ticket item, click my link, please. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, there's also a PayPal donate button for those so inclined. And hey, if you use iTunes and Stitcher, leave us reviews and ratings. I don't say this too often, but it helps out. It really does. And for those that have left them, I've, I've said them on the show. So thank you all again. You know I love you. We're also over on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Changes in Latitudes Podcast. The email address is Changes in Latitudes Podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to, you can follow me on Twitter at SabrinaMiller41.
right, here we are, the main topic. I am so excited. I am so, so excited. And that's because of the guests that are on our show today. Our our show, the the Royal Hour, my show today. <laughs> what am I saying? Oh, I'm just, I'm giddy. That's what it is, is I'm giddy. Okay, kind of starstruck, you might say. These lovely, lovely people, in short, helped me realize it's okay to come out. And George and Jess, I am grateful, ever eternally grateful, for, for you to be able to give that to me. And I can only hope <laughs> that maybe somebody could get that from, from my show. But if not, there's your show, and that's what counts. Yeah, their show is Transpantastic. The website, transpantastic.net, or just Google Transpantastic. You'll find it. They're on iTunes and Stitcher, so go search them out. They've got like a hundred and some odd episodes right now. I will admit I am behind because I'm a horrible listener. But I'm a horrible listener because I'm a good parent. Okay? Okay. <laughs> and I'm a good podcast host because I get these episodes out as you know pretty regularly. Anyway, that's why my listening of podcasts suffers. But I will never miss an episode of Transpantastic. I guarantee you that. All right, so since we have guests on the show... We're going to be skipping the 30-question challenge. We're going to be skipping the secondary topic where I share some fun, random things. And we're also going to be skipping listener feedback. Oh, I know. You're sad. I know. It's been around since the beginning. And, you know, but, you know, due to production schedule, I just don't have any listener feedback at this moment in time that I'm recording. I'm sure in the future there will be listener feedback, of course. Of course. It's not going away forever. First, a couple things. Uh, this was recorded in late April 2015. I don't think there are any references, but just in case there are, you already know. <laughs> during the, during this uh, conversation, George talks about uh, the episode I titled Voices in My Head, my episode, episode number five. If you haven't heard it, George, Jess, and myself suggest you go back to the archives and listen to that but probably, probably after this episode. <laughs> so, so that would be that would be good. Then you'll know what he's referencing. And once again, George, thank you, thank you. The whole concept of their podcast is anonymity. All you ever find out in listening to all episodes. And like I said, I'm behind. I'm in the late seventies, early eighties episodes as of this time that I'm recording. Okay, okay. Uh, and all that you ever get from them, aside from the wonderful knowledge that you can get from them and insight, you, as far as understanding who they are, you know George is a trans man. Jess is his wife. They both kind of lean towards the queer side of the spectrum. They have three point, you know, something kids because one comes and goes, doesn't live with them, but comes over. Well, they, you, they talk about that. And that's all you know. Because of their lives, they keep their anonymity, but they share their souls. And that's what I love about their show. Also, there's conversation about something called the gender unicorn. I'll put the link in the show notes over at Blogspot. But it's www, of course, transstudent.org forward slash gender. Yes, there are two S's in transstudent. All right, enough of that. I'm gushing already. I'm going on and on and on. I love these folks. Now, we're going to start this conversation rolling. We're going to let some music take us there. Oh, thank you. That was, that's perfect. That is perfect. And I'll catch you at the end. So, here we are, sitting on a lovely afternoon, at least... Late morning afternoon for for me here in uh, my my little audio setup, and with me I have the wonderful, the lovely Jess and George from one of my favorite trans podcasts, Trans Pantastic. So welcome both of you to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, thanks for agreeing. I uh, I. I as I've communicated with you before we started recording, yours was one of the first, second shows that I found, trans shows that I found that I connected with. And, and even though, you know, I'm a trans woman, you're a trans man, and so we've got those similarities, but those opposites at the same time, 
At first, I was like, well, I don't know how I can connect with this, but at least I'll understand his journey and, you know, glean from it and whatever, whatever. And then as you're, and then as I listened, you know, further along in your show, I got to know you as, well, basically, it seemed like next door neighbors or somebody that you, 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 you see, I don't know, once, twice a month or so, and you catch up on stories because they're friends of a friend or something. And, and, and then just hearing your story and your journey and, and the everyday things that you guys go through that everyone in the world or at least you know Amer- america roughly goes through to it just normalizes everything and for me that's what i love about your show well thanks i mean that's yeah. that's that's kind of the idea of what we intend to do with the podcast you know after our first few episodes when we kind of settled in and found our groove we figured out that storytelling is really the best way to accomplish any of the goals that we have here of connecting with the queer community, connecting with the straight ally community, connecting with people who have no connection to the community at all. Normalizing, normalizing, as you said, uh, things that happen in our world and, and for other people when we're talking about them, but also for ourselves while we're talking about them. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because, you know, this is our big queer agenda. You hear sometimes about the, quote, gay agenda. You know, here we are, these big old queers. Our agenda is to raise some kids and pay our bills. Survive the day with the extra kid. Right, and and, and who (laughs) find find me a family that isn't doing something almost exactly like that. Right. Regardless of of any sort of gender status or sexual status or anything like that. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. that's... That's the. I think that's when I really fell in love with your show, realizing, wow, these two are just normal people doing normal things, and they're accomplishing their goals, and they're achieving it positively, and then... Being... We're accomplishing goals? <laughs> well, we should talk to these people more often out here, like Sabrina <laughs> and other folks that can tell us what we're doing. Yeah, we don't I... feel like we know what we're doing. That's why we're talking to you guys. <laughs> Well, it all starts somewhere. Well, as of right now, which our recording date's near the end of April uh, 2015, what episode number are you on right now? Because I'll admit I'm a horrible listener. I'm so far behind. At the end of April, we are dropping episodes like 110 and 111, I think. I I wouldn't know that either if she didn't say that last night. (laughs) So I have to keep notes on my show. Yeah. It's, extensive it's spreadsheet crazy to me that we've been doing this for two years now so wow yeah. has it been wow that's yeah. a while yeah well, i i remember finding it and then there was a you know uh there wasn't a good uh repetitive rhythm to your dropping of episodes and so i just remember listening and then oh here they are again and then oh here they are again and then i got behind and so i had you know a lot to listen to and so i'm still six months behind on my listening of all shows i listen to but that's my thing people that have listened to my show they know that <laughs> but that's just my thing uh yeah it's the because yeah, I, I remember in my own self-discovery that feeling not, not only different but just awkward and not being able to fit in and 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 uh feeling just wrong and bad and, and it's just not good to be that way and so you hide it so in feeling that, that strangeness within myself, hearing you, too, tackle your own obstacles, inner and outer, in uh, you define it as queer, people define it as trans. I think there's so many definitions for that inner turmoil that we have to come to peace with. And in hearing your normalizing, just, I don't know, it took out the stigmata that all trans people are not normal they're they're deviants they're you know you don't let them play with your kids or something you know and i think since you've been doing it for two years that says a lot it probably was saying a lot if there's a lot of us (laughs) talking a lot of times gosh um what, what we're saying about you know feeling different or feeling um like you have to hide things and stuff like that. I think that uh, as a trans man, my experience with that is more of the awareness growing up in a world, you know, raised around and by women and trying to 
understand why they want me to be accepted into that realm. Um, awareness of safety factors. And I think what I know about uh, trans women is any type of feminine display or anything along those lines of, of feeling or being feminine is a danger to display. So there's a, that awareness, whether you're being seen as a woman, whether or not you want to be seen that way because you don't feel that way, or you're feeling that you are a woman in your case, but you don't feel like you can display that. There's, there's a, that sense of safety around it as well. And, and I think because of the sense or of safety. lack of safety. Yeah, lack, lack of safety, exactly. <laughs> right, right. That uh, you want building to, up a wall is the safe part. Running away from it is the right. safe uh, 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 bubble. Right. I get you, George. Yeah, or just keeping it under wraps. And so that's part of the hiding, is it's hiding for your own mm-hmm. um, well-being. But I think that's part of the biggest reason that we do what we do. We've gotten emails from a handful of people who have said, oh my gosh, you're saying what I've been thinking. And you're expressing these thoughts that I didn't want to say out loud. Thank you for, you know, again, that normalizing contact of it's okay to feel what I feel. It's okay to think the thoughts that I have. It's okay to understand myself in this way. And and that is one of the things that I like from your podcast as well. You know, I didn't hear about it right away. Just starts listening to things and then says, oh, guess what's happening? This is a, this is a podcast. And one of your earlier podcasts was The Voices in My Head. Yeah, and I, yeah. I love that podcast. I listened to it a couple, few times, even though I probably haven't listened to all of <laughs> every podcast because I'm not good at that. That one I listened to a couple times. He doesn't do things in order. I don't. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay with you, but yeah, you're listening. That's all that I care with, about. Try to deal with my wife while I'm trying to tell her what we're going to say, and she says, "Not in that order. <laughs> <laughs> it's not how the story goes. You have to go in a sequence." But. Yeah, Thank you, George. I, yeah. I appreciate. Yeah, that episode. Yeah. I, I know the one specifically, and to fill in our listeners, if you haven't heard that episode, uh, in a nutshell, my training is performance-based, and I have always loved working dialects and accents. And in that particular episode, I talk about that and give some examples. So thank you. I'm so glad you enjoyed that episode. It was fun to put together. Good. So, George, uh, being the trans person in your relationship, yes. uh, you have been, uh, we'll just say, out publicly, you know, roughly how long? Oh, you wanted me to do math. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, it's not the math that's the problem. It's the remembering that's yeah. the problem. It, so it's, it's tricky been, on this side of transition when everything's all settled and you're not counting the days anymore until your next step. Well, and I think that has a lot to do with hormones. And actually, I haven't talked to as many women about that as I have heard guys talk about that urgency and that slowness of the clock ticking behind you when you're trying to get to your hormones. <laughs> Yeah, and I then, would think that'd be different between yeah. trans women, trans men, because, mm-hmm. I mean, testosterone. Either yeah. you got to block it on one end, you got to get it on the other. Right. So I I definitely had a, a clear sense of time before I, I started uh, hormones. And then I have to think a little bit. So here's here's how I figure it out. Let's see. We've been talking to the microphone for a little over two years and it was a little before that that we recorded things but hadn't released them because I wouldn't let just release them yet until I had a sense of that I was going to get my hands on the hormones. We were having trouble. <laughs> right. I understand. So, um, so it was uh, January. Yes. you Two, two years ago, January. So to yourself and to me and decided to transition in a January, and then you got – to hormones in late spring, 
And then you got to the work part and the social part transitioning, coming out and being around the time of my top surgery. Mid autumn, about a year and a half ago, then. Yeah, because the the thing at work was scheduled around the time that I was off for surgery. Yes, and was supposed to happen, and then of course that's all. Those, those are episodes in yeah, the 20s, I, was just I gonna, think. I was just going to comment and say, I believe I've heard those stories in the early episodes. So yes. listen to her right now. If you haven't, go back and listen Yay. to their episodes, not mine. Theirs. So <laughs> two years and I can hear my voice doing weird things today. Um, having a puberty moment. And I'm sorry. I am having a puberty moment or more. Uh, two years and almost five months. Four months? No. Uh, what a is year, this, April? It, it would be since you... No, it would be a year and four or five months since you publicly transitioned was the question. Oh, publicly. Yes, public. Uh, besides a few friends that we had come out to, but I didn't come out at work and I didn't come out to any work friends except uh, one that pretty much had to deal with me every day and was going to hear me making phone calls to mm-hmm. the endo and stuff like that. Right. The woman that we've called on our show, her... Um, She's name she's is, his she's, work wife. Yeah. Oh, the work wife. Right. Okay. Yeah. She's yeah. her name is work wife. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I know yeah. that character from your show very <laughs> well. Yeah. No, yeah. it's I I think that's great that you have that uh, confidant. We'll say at on the uh, uh, work end of your life because there's obviously Jess on the personal side. So to balance that, you've got the work wife at well work. Yeah, that's where yes, she goes. Yes, that's usually where it is. Yeah, <laughs> by definition. Uh, Some people do have problems with that and get it all mixed up and wrong. But oh, yeah. of course. Well, yeah. I am a fellow trans person, so yeah. I would hope I would understand that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now, in the in the coming out process and transitioning process uh, over the last couple years, how much or 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 how I guess different or similar with are are you within your own identification because. I asked this question to trans people, or I want to ask this to trans people, because prior to my coming out, I, as as you so eloquently put, uh, you know, for safety, stayed hidden. And I didn't realize it was safety until you mentioned it just a few minutes ago. Uh, so thank you for that. But after coming out, which for me is about a year and change now, I, uh, I, I don't feel... I, I, I feel different, but not different in my self, self-identification. And so that's what I'm trying to get to from yourself before you came out to yourself and uh, Jess and the family and however your process was. Internally, how did you see yourself? Obviously a male, but uh, in your well, transition, how did it grow? I would... Well, to start with, before I decided to finally transition, because I had decided it a couple other times in my life and not gotten that far uh, due to various factors of support and You know, I've heard like that. that from many trans yeah. people. Yeah, and I'm hoping that that's not the case for some of our young people today. I mean, we certainly see lots of trans kids being recognized, and that's a wonderful thing because they won't have to go through that. You know, when I was three and saying to my parents, I'm a boy, you know, these kids have more than, at least, well, at least half a chance, hopefully more than half a chance to be heard, whereas my parents were like, okay, and pretty much did with it what I did for the next uh, so many decades, which was to say, well, yes, that's true, but here I am in this body, so I guess I'll have to deal with that. They, they treated it the same way that you would treat a three-year-old who tells you you're a dragon, Right, okay. right. I got that when I grew up. Uh, although, as you said earlier, George, if any, if a, if a you know male-born guy has any interest in femininity, it's it's humiliating, it's shunned, and so you know you hide for your own safety. That you don't say that you want to necessarily play with dolls. No, you don't. And I know other um, other ladies that we know that that have transitioned have told us. Some of those, and, and that's just an obvious thing to me growing up in the culture that I grew up in, um, where things were very, you know, very bi gendered. And in most parts of our culture, most guys would get the crap beat out of them if they uh, played with a doll. I do remember a kid playing with a doll um, 
when you guys I was, had kind of hippie parents though, so they well, were kind of. So some neighbors of ours in an apartment, and I remember the mom saying specifically that he was allowed to play with dolls because boys could play with dolls. It wasn't a girl thing, but he wasn't playing with it like a differently gendered boy would play with a doll. He was playing with it like an action figure or a no. It was a baby doll. It was a baby doll, but he wasn't um, wanting to dress her up and stuff. He just wanted to carry her around, and that was his baby. And you know, okay. She was yeah, like, I can see that with within my own son. He loves to carry around a specific. Well, it kind of bounces around a few different specific stuffed animals. But when he latches onto one, he's got it for a week or two, and then he changes his mind. So I can right. totally see how that would fit into that. And I, I know another a friend of mine. I went to graduate school. Her son loved to wear dresses, and he's a very cisgendered heterosexual male, as far as I know. So, you know, he's adult now. So, but those types of things were very rare. And so. See, they were never heard of when I was a kid. See, I grew up in the late 70s, early 80s because I was born in 72. And I'm just curious where you fall in your own demographic, I guess, is the best way to ask what age (laughs) decade you are in or that you want to share. I never would have guessed. Well, I figured you were younger than I was. Most people don't guess, even if if they see me. And it's not just because of transition, because a lot of trans guys get seen as younger. I have always, I I must have my mother's genetics. And uh, I say that because she's still alive and my dad's not. So (laughs) (laughs) having his wouldn't do any good right now. You seem young. Well, there's other. There's a I'm not my age. My wife says that all the time. I'm not my age. I wonder sometimes how much that has to do with being a trans guy, never feeling like I was able to grow up. You know? Yeah. Uh, I read th- I read that in um, Jameson Green's book as well, that he, he mentions that. So before transition, I knew who I was, and I sort of honed that over time as who I was and then dealing with how other people were going to see me and knowing that difference. And then there came a point, I think, uh, uh, pushed along a lot by hormone changes that were happening because of my age. Mm. I couldn't take it anymore and I, I, I couldn't take the separation of those things in my life. The person I was and the person I had to deal with trying to be became something that it probably was when I was a child. So the pressure came back. And I think I had gotten so used to just pushing it down or pushing it back or saying, well, there's other problems with transitioning. And it put it on such a far place in the storage unit in my brain that I it took a while for it to, you know, the pressure of that to, come forward again and and the changes that were happening for me um hormones were were making my brain a little crazy and clarifying that those hormones were menopause i was thank you jess i was just Mm -hmm. about to confirm yeah i i I gathered that and i can see how that could be not equal but in the same realm as uh, uh prepubescent because you know you go into puberty you get all those hormones and then menopause start to lose them so i can see that yeah it was not pretty and i look at my wife because i know she wants to shake her head no it was not (laughs) it was not pretty. it was not good and And, then it just hit him and i tolerated all of the silly nonsense because i know he's going to need to tolerate my silly nonsense in a few years oh i know Uh, it yeah it'll happen it won't be nice it's not a nice thing and i think for some of us who are more sensitive to not just hormones, but the feelings we get because of them about our gender identity. And I know that that's going to be more likely to be prominent for my wife for that reason, because she doesn't identify as, you know, in one of the bi-genders. We, we, she's got quite a lot of 
colors in between there. So yeah, in that, listening that to your show, tough. Jess shows those colors. There's yeah. many different times when she shows. I don't want to say ultra ultra femme, but very feminine. And then there's times when she's you know no questions business, very uh, masculine. So I your show represents that beautifully. Oh, that's good Thank to you. know because I don't <laughs> listen to us as much as she does. Well, she's she's the producer editor, so she has to. Yeah, because yeah, I she have has to. Well. And then there's the interest in hearing people talk all the time. So <laughs> uh. I don't I don't get around to listening as much. I do end up doing that binge thing. But to go back to the um, to go back to the transitioning, yeah, it hit me just all of a sudden again. It was like, wait, wait, I have this thing in the storage, and you know. I can picture as I say that now, like you're throwing everything out of the way to get to the back of the storage unit and grab the cigar box that has the, you know, photos and trinkets in it that, that say, here's the thing that you're looking for. Transition. (laughs) Yes. An analogy, because I've literally done that in my storage unit with all my femme stuff months before I came out. How about that? Yeah. So that analogy is awesome. (laughs) That's great. Wow. So it, it hit me. I don't have to do this anymore. I can. I don't have to live with this understanding of being separate from myself. I can integrate. Yes. And I had no idea at that moment how integrated it would feel. Mm. Yeah. Very eloquent. Very eloquent. So... So in in transition and and hormones or or hormone replacement uh, for a trans man, uh, you essentially, I'm trying to think of words, rediscovered yourself, reconnected to yourself. Yes? Yes. Okay. And it surprised me in so many ways, which of course you've heard us talk about on our podcast, but it surprised me in the ways that all the things I knew I couldn't have that I had put, you know, back there in those other little boxes next to that cigar box and so forth, the things I had, um, how do I explain this? The other channels I had turned off of paying attention to things around me that would call attention to the person that I couldn't integrate in the form I was in, without without transition, without hormones, I couldn't develop secondary sex characteristics that I expected from my body. And so at some point I, you know, turned those off and, and there was other channels of paying attention to other people's uh, characteristics like height, uh, muscle mass, overall build, uh, whiskers, anything that I had turned off because I didn't want to pay attention to the channel that, that I didn't have. I don't have that channel, so I won't listen to your channel either. So there. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can relate to that. I can relate to that because in my just growing up and being observant of people, I would notice the overly masculine features of certain men and guys and the ultra feminine aspects of, of women. And then the everyday aspects of, you know, the, the people who aren't ultra feminine, the ones who, ah, I only wear makeup when I really have to for, you know, weddings, funerals, things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're not even going to put it on for a, you know, a Saturday night date sort of thing. And I get that. I respect that. That's their thing. Totally cool with it. But as I, as I observed, you're right. Uh, I, I uh, really observed the femininity in in, in mass, we'll say, because I, I observed some feminine men, you know, gay men, uh, and then really made sure that I didn't emulate or use that body language, we'll say. Uh, so, so I get that. I get you hide from it because you focus on other things. I get that. But very eloquent. Thank you. Oh. Well, good to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you make pretty uh, words. Oh, that's yeah, you good. do. You uh, do. My wife likes that too, so that's good. I, I think that's part of the charm of the uh, of the show, your show. Aw, thank yeah, the, you. You're welcome. Yeah, the synergistic of basically just uh, prompting questions or you know, here's uh, tell us about this story or whatever the case may be, depending on your episode. 
And then, you know, George just goes and is so eloquent. You the man. Oh, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, Before we got complimentary, (laughs) uh, was there any last things to say on that? Or was there – I can't remember. Well – I don't know if there's ever a last thing to say or we'll stop podcasting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On, on our end and yours. But what the next thing that comes to mind is often I think I wish I would have transitioned earlier for, for some reasons uh, just to, to, to say briefly a couple of the changes my body would have had a chance to have that it can't have at my age, which is building more muscle and – more time to have enjoy the the whiskers and types of things that when I listen to you you would like to not enjoy because you don't <laughs> right but right. Um, yeah those yeah. things and then the difference I feel on hormones because the hormones in my body match those in my brain and so I don't feel run over by emotions all the time which felt very uncomfortable and wrong and. I feel like I can think when I think I feel like myself uh, and lots of other trans people probably understand that better than some of our allies do. But there's a sense of matching yourself. You're matching the outside of yourself with hormones because you can develop some of these secondary sex characteristics and... um, but the 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 feeling in my brain is like a there's calmer um, parts of it, and it's not a calmer like a calm person. It's more like a calmer like when when you say relax in Tai Chi, you you have an active relax, and so the calmness is still energetic but it's it's peaceful it's not that inner fight that was happening for so many decades of i feel wrong because this is out of sync and i don't match what i thought was going to be happening and all that sort of stuff it's it's aligned it's orderly and since you had never had that before you didn't realize just how good it would feel to have everything aligned and fitting where it belongs right hm that's fantastic I mean, it on is. so many levels, on on, on yeah. you're expressing it, and, and then, poor Sabrina's over there, like, when's my turn? Yeah, basically, <laughs> oh, to speak? No, hormones? No, no, yes. no, 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 for your hormones. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's. Uh, um, let's see. Uh, what what I what I in in listening to your show, the the one question that uh, I don't want to say the one question, but the one thing that keeps coming back into to my it was more curious process. when you asked it that way, though. Was it? Okay. Yes, well, the one question. The one Although, question I, have to I say want to at ask the same you. Time, I have to say at the same time, I don't believe you. <laughs> there is no one question. No. Yeah, there is never one question. Yes. Uh, well, so what's the one question for right now? Question? Well, in listening to your show, you, you both appear to identify as queer. And since that's got a flux of, of definitions floating around right now, what is your preferred definition when you define yourself as queer? I have noticed that there are lots of definitions for things going around that wouldn't necessarily have occurred to me to be quite such so um they wouldn't have occurred to me to be so oh restricted in i I don't think you can define things such as queer very restrictively. <laughs> no, a lot of people want to sort of narrow these definitions down. And as far as we can tell, queer is sort of this umbrella term, sort of like transgender. You know, there's a big term, queer, that encompasses a whole lot of other identities. So I think at this point, then the question is, what is your variation of queer? And what is my variation of queer? Uh, Which would be something under that. Yes. 
section somewhere under the section of the umbrella. Yes, anyone yeah. who I think queer at this point can be taken generally as an umbrella term for anyone whose orientation or identity is not heteronormative. So that's our overall understanding. But you go first, dear. Me? Yes. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So my identity is non-binary. We've referred to it as princess man on the show. Oh, that, okay. Yes, I remember that. And my orientation is pansexual, which would indicate a preference not per, not for one particular gender or set of gendered characteristics, but an openness to all genders, all sets of gender presentations, and an attraction based more on personality, chemistry, connection. Okay. And, and that, you feel, is how you feel queer. That is how I feel queer. Because it doesn't fit under cisgender binary systems, which is yes. outside the umbrella. Yes. Okay. So, so yes, again, those are the ways in which I am non-heteronormative and thereby fit under the umbrella term of queer. Yes. How about you? Well, mm-hmm. as a, uh, as a straight guy, I fit under the umbrella of queer because I'm also a trans guy. Yes, and we were talking about this the other day with a friend of ours when we explained the gender unicorn, which is a um, improvement on what used to be the genderbred person. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard that. Jess can send you a link. I'll send you a link. Please do. And um, basically it sets up this set of variables for your identity, your presentation, your orientation, your biological or anatomical sex. And then you can sort of place yourself on a spectrum of masculinity, of femininity, and of something completely different for each of these. And for George, that would be 100% 100% man, but also a little bit of something not completely male or female because he has this long-term experience of living in the queer community, the greater LGBT community that will still be integrated into his identity. Right. And I was going to say something else on that, and so let me try to gather those thoughts again because I was following your words I make lots of words. That's okay. I'm, I'm used to it. <laughs> and Sabrina, if I step on your toes by asking the questions that you wanted to ask, just tell me to shut up. It's okay. No, no. This is great. For, the way I look at it is I talk every episode, all episode for my show. So hearing other people's voices is a good thing. Yay! <laughs> we were talking about the under our understanding or our view of why we are queer. So as a trans guy... Um, I know other trans guys who would not consider themselves queer because they're straight guys and they want to be stealth or they're just straight guys and they don't feel queerness. But I spent a lot of time in the queer culture, as Jess said, and I identify with it in the sense that when I see someone who is um, gay, lesbian, bisexual or otherwise gendered (laughs) Um, and that's you know what will get added on after the T and the Q later is uh, I I, I feel a connection with that person because I spent so much time being this person in the wrong body or you know however we want to describe you you spent the, the tr- a lot of your life not fitting the heteronormative I so did expectation. Not, no. Not and at so all. So it's still so thoroughly integrated into your identity. It is. And so when I see other people who also don't fit into these um categories of cisgendered and you know the the categories that you Heteronormative categories. Yes, those ones. Heteronormative. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. I I think, yay, there's another person. Like me. Interesting person. Yay. Yeah, I like that. So I, <laughs> I just, I feel comfortable there. 
that's the world I grew up in. And we, Jess and I often joke that the uh, interweb is her native country. <laughs> it is. It is. I like that. She, she grew up there. She's familiar I, with this. I did. My dad was an engineer. I had the internet before the internet was the internet. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've, I, in my life, I've met a few people like that. Uh, one of them used to work at IBM when I was, oh gosh. 14, 12, mm-hmm. somewhere there, you know, so we're talking late 70s, early 80s, and they they had uh, three, maybe four computers, and this is the big desktop computer uh-huh. uh, throughout the house, all interconnected, all basically on their own network, mm-hmm. and so no doubt, and then they were kind of quirky themselves, uh, u- uber-religious, we'll say. And Uber Christian, a better way to say that, uh, describe them. And they, they uh, no doubt they had a modem, the type that you'd pick up the phone handset and set it down on yeah. to dial out. Yeah, beep, 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 yeah, beep. yeah, 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 that old school. Ah. Right. Yes, yes, yes. You're very familiar, yes. yes. So, so yeah, uh, I've, I've crossed paths with people like that. So, yeah, you know it inside and out that you have every right to claim stake to it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's her native country, and for me, the the Your language of country. my the language of my native country is queer. Yes, that's where I grew up. I, I wasn't I was born there, as far as I'm concerned, and I've lived my whole life there, and I like it there. And Some people want to li- live. You've migrated to straight male land. Yes, it's uh, it's an oddity, but that's not my identity. The Either straight male. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a straight guy, but I don't it's, identify. It's not all of who you it's are. Not, yeah, it's not all of who I am. It is a aspect. It is a definition. Yeah, it's an aspect that's uh, a p- important to some people to know that. And lots of people who I meet every day assume that that is just the overall. Of course um, they do. Yes, they do. Of course, absolutely. Be, before they used to assume other things that were wrong. Right. <laughs> so in your in your growing up in you know the queer community and, and uh, country, we'll say. Uh, in, in your own self-discovery, was there any time that you, you know, saw yourself as uh, a lesbian or uh, in, did, did you, in your hiding from your own true self, did you ever have to identify as a straight woman? Uh, what was that initial groundwork? Or did you always identify as a, a, a specifically queer person attracted to uh, uh, well, as a straight male, we'll say women. I didn't understand that I was defining myself when I was younger. I understood, you know, in in my growing up, you were identified by those who decided they were identifying people. You weren't necessarily <laughs> identifying Touché. yourself. The doctors and the parents and the... Touche, yes, yeah, absolutely. The religion yeah. around you defined you, whether you liked it or not. And when you yeah. didn't fill in... Yeah, I got I got repercussion in. of that in yeah, the then, late seventies. Yeah. Yep. Then you're then that's how I knew I was queer, but so some of those things did put me in those categories at those times, and I thought, well, I can see how they can look at it that way. That was pretty much my view of it. Of okay, they think I'm a girl. I can see how they could think that, or they think I'm a lesbian, and if that. Helps me get girls, and okay, I'll deal with that. And, and okay, at that so point, forth. we get the difference between identity and gender presentation. You were presenting yourself as a very masculine person. You were presenting yourself as a woman because it was just the easiest to manage with the way your life was at the time. And you were presenting yourself as attracted to females. And so the label that our culture would give that is... Lesbian. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and because it in in that sense it worked for you, you just rode that wave even though it wasn't necessarily what it truly was. Not all he rode. <laughs> what? <laughs> she's she's being a boy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I said that's not all he rode. Okay. Uh, wah, wah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, that's true. I I accepted those things, but I still didn't realize that I wasn't defining myself because I didn't think there was anybody. Well, there were a few people. There's my cousin. Mm -hmm. 
my cousin Vinny. Yes. And then, of course, now my wife that would understand who I was. But most people would not. There would be too much explaining to do because there was there were no definitions for it. Even now, at least there's some more definitions that more people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. Right, right. More more people have chosen different words to have different definitions so they can use it to essentially describe themselves or others. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. So well, I, like the I word transgender identified... was never around, but and the word queer when I was growing up. Uh, basically in my culture growing up, it was, uh, a homosexual man who was a little more feminine than the average man will say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was queer. Uh, and, and, but it went right in next to the word. And I, I mean, no derogatory when I say this, uh, faggot. So they were, they were exchangeable in my youth. Mm-hmm. Right. So I could never, and because I never uh, identified as a as a gay male, uh, I never saw myself as as gay or that little f word I just mentioned, or the uh, 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 queer. So I find it interesting that you chose that particular word versus well, the number of other words out there. Well, there, yeah, there's a number of words certainly. Uh, I think in part it has to do with. As Jess used to point out, I didn't identify as feminine, so I attributed any of those type of aspects of myself as effeminate. Yes. Got it. Got it. Okay. And so, for instance, when I met Jess, I said, this decor is too straight man for me. (laughs) The way I had my apartment decorated at the time, he said, I decorate like a straight man, yes. And (laughs) yes. She can do, she does better lots of times, but she wasn't interested in that particular, as she said, little divorce apartment being more decorated, which (laughs) I I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to take it. No. I needed it a little bit more decorated than that. Yes. And see, at that point, we get a little bit of that queerness into your, I need the things to be pretty. Got it. Yes. I I like them to match and to be orderly and look nice together. Mm -hmm. I'm with you there, George. Yeah. And so that, I think, is why we pick that word queer, because it's sort of this all-encompassing idea as an umbrella term that it sort of catches all those little aspects of our identities and our orientations that don't necessarily they don't fit branch completely off. into any one definition. Right. They sort of touch on a lot of them. Right, right, right. And so the umbrella terms are really good for that. Yes. Oh, I agreed. When they made transgender an umbrella term, I was able to start wrapping my head around things. I mean, 10 yes. plus years ago. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so so in, this, in, the, in using the word queer, just briefly, because this doesn't really partake to, uh, well, I don't think it partakes to our, meaning, you know, my life, your life, transition, journey, etc., what are your thoughts on the term uh, 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 gender queer or gender fluid or whatever the term is now? Because it seems to be changing quickly. Well, gender queer is also, and I'm going to f- jump right in here because that would be me. I did look at her. Yes, he did. He's okay. like, okay, your turn. Tag, you're um, it. Yes. Uh, gender queer is another umbrella term under the transgender umbrella. And to. Describe genderqueer, we can start with, it is a transgender term for individuals whose gender identity is not a binary sense of self. So if you, if you like the analogies, let's say open up your mental browser and pull up two tabs. And on the first tab, I want you to put sex. And on the second tab, I want you to put gender. And we're all familiar with these two separate concepts, the old cliche of sex is what's between your ears, genders, or sex is what's between your legs, gender is what's between your ears. Sex is probably between your ears right now. (laughs) Well, yes. (laughs) It it almost always is, but that's another story. It's part of the gender (laughs) queerness of you, dear. Yeah, well. So if we start on the sex tab, and most of what our Western culture would understand as biological or anatomical sex is in something of a dichotomy where you have the reproductive dichotomy 
One side is XX chromosomes, vaginas, and a hormonal balance tip towards estrogens. On the other side, you have XY chromosomes, penises, and hormone balances tipped towards androgens. And you posted a video not too long ago, and it's been floating around for a while about all the individuals whose biological sex does not fit into this dichotomy. Yes, I remember uh, uh, sharing that, yeah. And the medical term for this, the commonly culturally accepted term for this, is the medical term intersex. And so we have this one in 2,000 who are not representative of our Western understanding of what physical sex should be. And there's a lot of beauty in that in-between space where their anatomy or their hormones or their genetics are not indicative of a pink or a blue. They are indicative of orange or green or beige. Purple. Yay, purple. I'm purple too. Um, now, I want you to hold that thought there. Don't close that tab. Switch to the gender okay. tab. Got it. And some of your listeners might already see where we're going with this. On the gender tab, you have what's between your ears and your understanding of your own place in that dichotomy. And those of us who are genderqueer see that, again, not as a pink or blue, but I'm beige and our cousin Vinny might be orange and stripes. We, we are in the psychologically intersex population where George is clearly psychologically male and you, Sabrina, are clearly psychologically female. And I think most of the medical and psychological communities would not dispute that one bit that your identity, who you are, is gendered clearly. That is why you are undertaking transition. That is why you have experienced dysphoria. Yes. Yes. And so for the genderqueer community, having an identity that is transgender, trans meaning across or apart, and gender meaning, you know, gender, we identify as something that is not our own body, but is also neither specifically male or female. Could be like most intersex persons, some beautiful blending of both and neither. Right, right. Gender fluid is one aspect of that. It can be a switching back and forth. Um, bigender is a commonly used term for individuals who are gender fluid, where they go back and forth between the two. Under the gender queer umbrella, you end up with neutrois, demigender, bigender, gender fluid, and each of these is their own unique understanding of where and which set of characteristics they fit into that blended both and neither sense of gender, just like the intersex community, you have numerous medical conditions, Klinefelter syndrome, Turner syndrome, androgen insensitivity, and so on, that are all going to have unique expressions of physiology. Under the gender queer umbrella, you have a number of other terms. Gender fluid is one that expresses a particular subset of gender nonconformity. So does that yeah, no, that, that, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for your, uh, uh, eloquent explanation because in some, some of the people I've, uh, inter interacted with on the Facebook page and then in life and such, they've, mm -hmm. they've asked about gender fluid, gender queer, mm -hmm. uh, questions in general. And since I don't necessarily identify with that, I, 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 you know, I don't answer. I, I say that to them in not so many words. And so to have, uh, have both of you, uh, well, more so Jess, but, uh, share, uh, share a definition, quote unquote definition, cause it's not necessarily a definition right. that I think everyone, regardless of, of identity, regardless of sexual orientation, regardless of social status, uh, 
you know, that doesn't matter, but everyone can grasp onto to understand something that is pretty challenging to understand in your own self, but also in trying to describe it. So thank you. You're welcome. I love their expression and definition and usage and ownership of queer and genderqueer and gender fluid and, and all of that. They, I, I just love these guys. How could you not? How could you not? And you've only heard the first part of their conversation with me. Yes, that's right. <laughs> They're going to be back next episode. So come on back around next week for part two of Transpantastic. Wow, we've reached that time already. We're there. We're at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, as I already said, you know what next episode is. It's the part, the second part of them. But I want you to know I'm always looking for guests. If you want to be on the show, let me know. Get in touch with me. I'm looking for topics, looking for questions. Whatever you want to send me, send it to me. Changes in Latitudes Podcast at blogspot.com is the website. Changes in Latitudes Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. If we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. (laughs) Stay crazy, everyone. to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you, so let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now, wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2015 by me, Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. All right, I'm done with that. Hey, pass me an outtake. We're all going to be skipping, skipping. <laughs> but I always want you to know I'm. But I always want you to know. That's what I love about your show. Well, thanks. I mean, that's kind of our our goal at this point. We. That's your fault. That yeah. is my fault. Go turn it off. Uh, is that a closer phone? To it. Can you reach it to me? That was a phone. Hey, no um, worries. Oh, Thank good. You. I'll edit around it. Uh, that's a reminder for the Do you pharmacy. want to say that all over again? Yes, I will. So. 
that's you can the, just that's start idea. rolling. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of the idea of what we intend to do with the podcast, you know, after our first. And in hearing your stories, it's made me realize, whoa, my mic and system is going crazy. Your crackles. Yeah, yeah I just heard it too. It? I'm checking it right now. Okay. Looks we can do this. <laughs> and that was weird. Okay. Do you want to say that again? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take that again. You can or tell Jess has trained me. <laughs> Good <laughs> job, Jess. Hi, man. Yeah, well, you guys, you got a hundred and some odd episodes. <laughs> okay, uh, do you remember the last thing I was saying? I'm sorry. You were saying? That how you, how you had felt weird and strange and then right. connecting with us. Right. And so... So in feeling that, that strangeness within myself, hearing you. Any type of feminine display or anything along those lines of, of feeling or being feminine. Yeah, let me try that again. Okay. Feminine is a danger. Good. Hold on just a second. George needs to take his sweater off. Sure, sure. I'll sit. Jess has trained you well. Yes. Very good. Very good. Yay. <laughs> okay. It makes her editing easier. She doesn't yes. have as much time for it as she'd like. Hi. Welcome to my life. <laughs> I'm yeah. usually up very late on a Thursday getting Friday's episode ready to drop, as, a, as I'd a like to, to be. Do with parenting, don't you think? Oh, yeah. That's exactly. And I'm the stay at home. So I'm the one that's, you know, feeding and bathing and entertaining and taking to the park. And, and uh, he's. So hearing other people's voices is a good thing. Yay! (laughs) And we're recording. I think too loud. Why does that... Bam, 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 bam. All right, this might be better this way. Hmm. Hmm. There we go. Hello. Hold on. I didn't take your headphones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, ah. Okay. Now I have headphones. Are you there? I am here. Woo-hoo! She's there. We I, got I her back. Knew she was there. Yeah. You it just took me a moment. Have your headphones on yet? Okay. Hold on. There we go. All right. Okay. All righty. So we were talking about. Wait. Wait till she hits something. record. And we're recording. We were talking about the. Under our understanding. Thank you for listening, and please remember this.